<laughs> they would literally say, look, we sold your truck and just hang up the phone. And so this was at this stage, it's now a few months like back and forth yeah. and I'm losing energy on it. And and are you crying into your pillow oh, totally, every other totally night? Depressed. Are you totally yeah, like... spend every penny. I've told everyone of this oh. weird adventure where I'm going to like bring this truck back and open this. At the time, food trucks weren't really a thing here. Yeah. You know, past, They're huge now. Past I mean, COVID and yeah, everything. Yeah, it's, it's a whole other ball game. But at that time, people were kind of looking at me strangely anyway. An Irish founder who epitomizes the value of perseverance is Scott Holder. Now the proud owner of an award-winning food truck, Los Chicanos Tocaria, Scott shares the struggles he had to face to make his own dreams come true. The road wasn't easy. So I would, you know, a couple of months would go by and I'd get another burst of energy and I'd find the CEO's email of this yes, shipping Scott. company and I would tell someone, I'd be like, oh no, I think I'm on to something. I sent the CEO an email and they would be like, Scott, is that that? truck that you lost like six months ago in oh america God. and you could just see them looking at you as if you're like you're you know you're crazy and i'm like yeah yeah it's been a while since your nomadic days it has it has, it has been a while you're now 35 years old am i yeah, right you're 35 that is correct but when you were a young 21 you were not as settled no, definitely not. But it, it gave you quite an extraordinary career. I mean, you've worked restaurants all over the world, Michelin star, and now we're on to a taco truck. The taco the truck. The taco truck, yeah. The fucking taco truck, if I'm <laughs> not, because what a nightmare. But we're here now. How did we get here? What was the journey through the culinary arts Take us through the nomadic chef's life. Yeah, I think bringing up that age of 21 was probably around the time I moved to London. So mm. at that point, I decided if I wanted to try and open my own restaurant that I would just get as much of the best experience possible as I could. And I kind of found at that time, it's many years ago now, uh, the Dublin food scene was very small yeah. and, and quite limited. So I decided that I'd, I'd try and get out as much as I could. So that took a move to London. Okay. Where I worked in uh, Michelin star Arbutus, which is closed now under Anthony Dimitri. Oh, wow. And uh, so that was that was hard, hard days. The school of hard knocks. It was probably 80, 100 hour weeks in a basement yes. kitchen. Just Is it as bad as it looks like on like Gordon Ramsay's kitchen nightmares? People are yelling orders. Is it that bad? Is it that intense no, in those I mean, restaurants? I, I mean, the, the pressure is, but I think, you know, the likes of Gordon Ramsay is is more so an entertainer mm. at this point. So yeah. he's he's great at he's putting you know, it on. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he's definitely putting it on. I mean, in the in the old school days, he wasn't. There's a great um, documentary he did called Boiling Points. Yes, and you can see it on YouTube now. And it's it was one of the first sort of looks into a, an actual you know Michelin star kitchen and. Yes. The, it, you do get the real Gordon Ramsay in that. It's pretty. I gotta stop and just put pretty, that in my phone or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, boiling it's, it's amazing to watch. It's pretty intense. But I think at this point now, he's he's more of an entertainer. Mm, he's doing yeah. it all for camera. He's doing yeah. it all for show. But but those yeah. hours were still long. I no, mean, the hours are long, yeah. and and the pressure is yeah. intense because in you know in that kind of an environment in a Michelin star kitchen, everything has to be perfect yeah. all the time. There's no off days. There's no off plates. There's no you know so yes. yeah the stars were earned you I know, mean rightfully so yeah. the stars were earned um so yeah like a diverse range of yeah. experience and 
different cuisines and things like that. And then when I moved back to Dublin, when I moved, it was kind of the recession here and, you know, everybody was emigrating. And then when I came back, the boom was back and Mm. it was like you couldn't even afford to, you know, rent an apartment in town, let alone open up a whole restaurant. Well, I mean, still not, apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I was kind of faced with a bit of a dilemma where I had this dream to open up my own place and use all that experience I had spent so much time going and getting so the food truck scene is huge in the states and i really love that that kind of street food concept and you had amazing chefs doing amazing food out of trucks Mm. which was you know abnormal here it was always in a restaurant so the idea came about to to go and get one of these trucks and in the u.s they're very different they're much larger like everything is there and um, they're square so in Europe they're all rounded in the corners and they're smaller so they're just not as good for building kitchens they're used for sort of UPS or postal Mm. trucks DHL over there so I just took this journey I went over to LA and I spent a couple of weeks there because I had friends there and just kept trawling through yards looking at all these trucks and trying to find one that had before you continue here I've just I've got to get into this because Honestly, if you go onto the Los Chicanos website, and now guys, I am going to read, so bear with me. Um, Scott flew to LA to find his food truck. This is on your About Me page. Sure. After searching high and low, that's the experience you're talking about, through every neighborhood and every parking lot, from downtown downtown LA to Echo Park, it eventually appeared. Must have been a beautiful moment for you. (laughs) He signed the papers and drove the truck to the port of Compton, Los Angeles, before flying back to Dublin to await its arrival. Now, here's the key point. After an accident with the truck, it was lost in the U.S. for 1.5 years. And this is the part that made me really chuckle. There are six dots. (laughs) Two times the amount of ellipses needed before it says to be continued. Well, now, Scott, here we are. Please continue. Here we are. Yeah, here we so are. It was a challenge to find the right truck. Most yes. of them had no paperwork, had no history, had no mechanical history. So you didn't really know what you were buying. Yeah. And it's obviously fine. It's normal to do that here. Mm. But when you're transporting it halfway around the world, you, you want to know that sure. it's... Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it took a while to get that and to find one that had paperwork and history of ownership and all that. And then I did... And so I got a mechanics auto appraisal. So he came out and spent three hours looking at it. And he's like, yeah, look, this thing good, Nick. You know, you should go ahead and buy it. So I did that. Drove it down to Compton where the port is and did a stack of paperwork like a book. It's it's not easy to get a, you know, it's fine to transport a, a car over because yeah. they fit into shipping containers. But this is ro- roll on, roll off. So it has to it's be. It's actually on the back of our yeah. screen here, guys. I wish you could see it. I'm going to put some up on our social media, sure. I yeah. think, if you if you would allow me yeah, yeah, of course. to display. It is gorgeous. Thank it is, you. It's it, truly it didn't, beautiful. It didn't look that good I when I bought imagine. it. Yeah. It's now, it's really a work of art. It's modern art on a truck. But it's fucking huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's Scott. 24 foot long, I think. It's about eight foot wide. It's wider than, you know, vehicles here. Um, I think it's bigger than the flat I'm renting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it came with its challenges, you know, mm. exporting it from the States to to the UK and then me getting it over here. Big stack of paperwork. And the guy that I organized to do it said, yeah, I do this all the time. Don't worry about it. It's okay. easy. And sent him the measurements, everything. And we, we went through it even before I bought it. 
flew back to Dublin and then I get a phone call to say, look, I'm really sorry, but the price has tripled that I told you. And I had already, you know, borrowed everything I could. I was totally in debt. Made deals with the devil at this stage to get this money. You know, on on a chef's income. So I was like, look, I... I don't have anything left. Like, I can't afford that. You you oh. said, you know, we made an agreement, signed paperwork and everything. Anyway, he basically found out that if he got it, um, picked up on a flatbed truck and brought to Texas, that it would be the same rate from yeah. from that side of the water. And technically, you, you would buy a truck from the East Coast yeah. to ship it to Ireland. But the condition of them there is so much worse. They're all rusted from the weather. Whereas in California, they're in perfect mm. condition. And because I was buying quite an old truck and um, because I didn't have <laughs> the money to buy anything newer, that, well, that, no. that was the way we, <laughs> we went. And so anyway, we basically, it was simple enough. Got it picked up in a flatbed truck, driven to Texas. And um, then I got a call about a day or two later. And it's like, listen, this is the truck driver. And he's like, your truck is stuck in reverse. It's on top of mine. We can't get it off. And you got to get it, get down here or it's $100 you know, a day storage. $100. And you know what kills me is you've actually done the due diligence. Yes. Um, the word is lost on me. Due diligence. Due, thank you so much, Scott. You've done it. You did the measurements. You checked out the mechanics of the freaking thing. You did it all. You really did. You yeah, ticked yeah. all of the boxes. And here we are at 100 dollars a day additional three times extra potentially to pay in the middle of texas somewhere i've spent every penny i have so i can't you know it's truly it's truly a monument to anything that can go wrong in finding a business fucking probably you know it will go wrong on you and so far south so now you've got it there it's stuck in reverse so they can't get it off the flatbed yeah they can't even get it off so they're they're making it out as if it's our problem so we, we let them know, you know, it was fine when you picked it, it up. It was, and it was we driving. checked it out. You ha- we have this mechanics all appraisal to prove that oh, and everything. God. And obviously this battle ensued of, of, no, it's your fault, no, it's your fault. But we found out later from the place in Compton where they picked it up that his winch was broken. So okay. if you can imagine my so truck is 24 foot, his is absolutely massive yeah. and he couldn't winch it up. So he just kept revving it and revving it and revving oh, it, trying to get it up God. a huge ramp. And I've done this. I've put that truck on a flatbed truck and it's not an easy process. Um, particularly Again, it's bigger it's than most Dublin flats. <laughs> So uh, so anyway, we found out that his winch was broken and he revved it so much that smoke was coming out of oh, the engine and he welded the clutch packs together. So naturally, we argued this case. But mm. over the course of, say, a week of back and forth mm. phone calls and emails and trying to get in touch, they're like, well, now it's $700 storage you owe us. <sighs> Meanwhile, the truck is broken, obviously, and, and we have to fix it because we can't ship it while mm. it can't drive. Mm. So this goes back and forth for a couple of weeks and now it's building up to thousands of dollars. Mm. Uh, they're still denying any, you know, involvement. We've now got, I think it was camera footage of, of him. Like, How did you get the camera footage? From Los Angeles, from where it was picked up. From oh, that shipping who thing. was watching this process happen? That's a useful bit of footage. Yeah, well, it, it didn't really do much because essentially what started to happen is they would just hang up the phone on me. And they oh. would they would literally in America you can Lien sell some property to recoup a cost. You can't really do that here, but they would literally say, Look, we sold your truck and just hang up the phone. And so this was at this stage it's now a few months, like back and forth, yeah. and I'm losing energy on it and 
And are you crying into your pillow totally, every other totally night? Depressed. Are you totally yeah, I've like spend every penny? I've told everyone of this oh. weird adventure where I'm gonna like bring this truck back and open this. At the time, food trucks weren't really a thing here. Yeah. You know, past, they're huge now. Past I mean, COVID and yeah, everything, yeah, it's, it's a whole other ball game. But at that time, people were kind of looking at me strangely, anyway. Oh, um, so I would, you know, a couple of months would go by and I'd get another burst of energy and I'd find the CEO's email of this yes, shipping Scott. company and I would tell someone, I'd be like, oh no, I think I'm on to something. I sent the CEO an email and they would be like, Scott, is that that truck that you lost like six months ago in oh, America? God. And you could just see them looking at you as if you're like, you're, you know, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they're no. like, I think that's gone, man. Yeah. Because they're telling you that they've sold it. I think you should move on from that. And, uh, so anyway, I would just keep at it, but I would lose hope every once in a while and a month would go by with nothing. Mm. And then I'd call the guy and whatever. And Do that thing where you walk into the shower and just start crying with the water <laughs> because no one can see your tears kind of thing. And so eventually uh, I just kept at it and kept sending them like the, the amount of emails they, they have, I'd say is obnoxious. But uh, <laughs> I would find any email I could. I would email that person and call another person and try and just like pester them. And eventually, I think uh, I sort of wrote a fake solicitor's letter from mm. my bedroom at the time and basically said that I was suing them and I included all the information and the yes. proof of me. And I still remember I got a call from the claims department in Los Angeles, this guy called Rashad. And uh, he basically said, look, Scott, you know, I've, I've been sent your email. I've looked through all the paperwork and I found your truck. It's in this warehouse in Galveston, Texas, and we'd like to come to an agreement. Yes. And so they wiped the entire storage fee and they got a flatbed truck to pick it up and bring it to a mechanic. Um, and at that point then, and I, I paid the fee from LA to Texas at that point, I basically had to ring this mechanic and do everything on the phone, get the engine fixed. And I had to tell him, like, if anybody comes to take those keys, do not, you do tell not hand them, them over. You shove it. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I basically, I got a, a company, a shipping company in England to take over all the paperwork and to ship it, you know, through them and just kind of ditch this other company. So, oh it, yeah, my God. that was a year and a half where it was gone and lost. Like, they, they basically told me to fuck off multiple times, hung up the phone. So you bluffed the shit into getting yeah. your truck back. You yeah. Did you write the solicitor's papers yourself? Mm -hmm. You did it yourself. From my bedroom, yeah, yeah. So you faked it until you made it and they brought you back your that, truck. That was it. They brought it back. So I um, I went over to Southampton, which is the yes. port in England, went to start the truck, wouldn't start. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? Just nothing. <laughs> so I called my uncle at the time. He was over there and we got went down, got a truck battery, got it started. But none of the lights would work. Wipers wouldn't work. Oh, anything. come so on. We managed to get it going. And in England, they're more strict in Ireland with like lights mm. and things like that. They'll pull you over for yeah. tail lights and stuff. So we had to get his friend to drive really close behind us so and no use his brake lights from the car. And he had to just kind of watch the truck to figure out when we were braking. And we had to bring it to uh, where my uncle was staying outside of London. <laughs> and then the next. So we were a day late now. We were trying to get the ferry in, in Wales. So the next day there was only one ferry. So we had to get up at like four or five in the morning. And just as soon as the daylight started to rise, we had to get in the truck get and like race to Wales and we barely made it. Oh, my word. And at the skin of your teeth at every section in this, you haven't given up on this truck. That to me 
everyone's told you give up on the truck. You haven't let go of this dream no, of the truck. No, but, but I will I will say, and I'm sure this happens quite a lot. I've, I've talked to you know, friends about this. By the time I got yeah. the truck to Ireland, I was like done with it. <laughs> I was like kind of burned out. It's like, <laughs> fuck this thing. Did you take a little mini holiday? But because at that stage, I'm sure. Well, no, because now I had this 24 foot truck outside my window and I'm just looking at it going, oh my God, like, what well, am I going to do, do with this? Because <laughs> now, now the actual journey begins of trying to, Transformers, you know, yeah. Build this and, you know, mm. build a kitchen in it. And there was nobody really to go to here because, as I said, at that time it wasn't yeah. really an industry. So if I wanted water tanks underneath or I wanted gas tanks on the back or anything, I just had to Google this and get them made myself and try and put them on. And Good Lord, um, Scott, you didn't pick an easy challenge, hey? No, no, You really not. didn't. I mean, now it's got the most beautiful art on the side. It's a lovely, what would you call that? A turquoisey aqua yeah, it's blue kind of color? Tur- turquoisey blue. And that comes from um, in Oaxaca, which is one of my favorite places in Mexico. Yeah. All the all the houses are all these amazing different colors. colors. Mm. Um, it's like walking into kind of like a Pantone chart. Oh, and apparently there the council have you're not allowed to just paint it a different color they've all got kind of registered colors that they mm. are one is purple one is orange one is yellow but oh, they're cool they're all amazing and really bright so i wanted to kind of pay homage that. to that with those colors yeah absolutely stunning and now we have it but the truck was not done no it was not done no so tell us the story about the trip to cork and the oh, event you were yeah. catering yeah so we uh i mean I kind of have a, you know, a friend of mine who's a founder. We often talk about mm. that we're constantly like we call it putting out fires and we're constantly dealing with these kind of major problems or crises. Yeah. But the more you do that, the smaller things just don't affect you as yeah, much. Yeah, lovely. So, you know, that's the positive from it. But we were I was driving down to an event in in Ballymaloo in Cork is this um, famous cookery school. OK, we were going for a busy weekend and so we had the truck full of like thousands of euros worth of food and Good, me and my ready chef for were driving a busy down weekend, a yeah. great one and it's just packed with everything you need the problem the, you know the biggest challenge with the food truck is it's like moving house people move house once and they're like fuck i'm never doing that again that was so stressful <laughs> right let's just stay here you know but it's like moving house every week like you've got to pack everything you've got to label oh, everything God. you've got to be like you can't forget any you it can't be halfway down like to cork going camping with my grandmother you know that okay. woman who wants to go camping but yeah. she's got to bring fucking everything now you need a special dishwasher yeah. to go and oh god yeah but at least she she knows to bring everything you see, and you can also choose prepared. to leave her behind <laughs> <laughs> you know she can join the truck yeah she sounds pretty good <laughs> she's also great at getting that shit in there that's yeah. the other story you know <laughs> But yeah, you can't, you know, you can't leave, be halfway mm. down and realize, oh, we forgot this piece the of equipment or anything. It's not so in the truck. It's, you know, it, it, it is hard work and you're, you're moving everything mm. from prep kitchens in and out and all this. But so once you get done with all that lifting, you get on the road and you hope this thing won't break down. So it's probably three hours normal drive to Cork, but in that's probably like four and a half. It's a bit slower because it's, you know, it's yeah, such a weight in it. Yeah, and it's carrying how yeah. much? I mean, my God. So it's like we left late and it's about midnight and we're driving down this dark road in Cork with no streetlights. And I'm with my Mexican chef at the time and I just start hearing this noise like, da-dum, 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 da-dum. And I'm like, oh God, we've got a burst wheel. Um, you wish. A burst tire, yeah. So <laughs> now it doesn't have a spare. It didn't come with a spare tire oh, like God. a normal tr- like a normal car. So anyway, I get out. I've got my phone on my torch or my torch on my phone and I walk all around the truck 
and everything's fine. I'm like, okay, must, you know, must have been something else. So we start driving along again. It just starts getting worse. It's like, dunk, 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 dunk. Oh, no. So I get out and I look around and then I get under the truck and I'm looking and I just look at one because I'm looking at the wheels because I'm mm-hmm. like, surely there's like, you know, something the in wheel. the tire because of the way the noise was coming. And I look at and I just see that the whole metal wheel was cracked right in half. And I'm, oh. and it, but it was the, there's two on either side at the back and it was the inside one. Oh. So I'm just like, right, okay. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. It's like midnight, we're in this dark road. Oh, no. And also the problem is the fridges are full of food. So you can't, mm. you've got to plug Race in on your, it's, they stay on while we're driving, but you can't just hang around for too long. So And you can't leave it on because the battery will now also run flat. Yeah, now yeah. what? Sure. So oh, I, uh, I basically said to, to my chef, I was like, look, it's only like 20, 30 minutes to Ballymaloo. Let's see if we can make it. So we headed for Middleton, which is a little town on yeah. the way. And t- we sort of took a bit of divi- diversion just in case. And it just starts getting worse and oh, worse. No. So we pull into a, a petrol station that was closed. And he's, I don't even know if he can drive a car, but he's certainly never driven this truck, right? So I get him into the driver's seat and I'm like, look, just press the pedal a little bit. I'm going to lie under the back of the truck away from where it was driving to see this wheel rotating to see if it's like safe. And I seen it going round and it was going round okay, but it was, it was really starting to split. Oh, like literally, you know, cracked in half. So I'm like, fuck it, you know, we can keep going for a few minutes, at least to Middleton. Because the other thing was, what are you, you can't leave a truck like this on the yeah. side of the road or you'll come back and, you know, it'll, something will happen to it. So we got as far as Middleton. But at this point, the wheel basically started turning sideways. Ooh. So it was like it was nasty. So I called every breakdown assistance company in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> no actually sorry first i rang so i i was looking at it and i'm like right there's two wheels here if i can get this one off can i push the other one in screw it on one. and drive it one wheel so i rang my uncle who's who's kind of been one of my anchors through all this because yeah that's the he, second he, time you've called yeah, it we're gonna have to he, shout out what is his he, name sean cunningham oh sean thank you so, sean so if he's you're helped, listening he helped me with most of the build on this he put the skylight in and everything and he's um really into cars and stuff like that so please so I, I rang him at about one in the morning and um you know i'm like sean i've got this situation and i'm like technically if i can get that wheel off can i push the other one on and push the the studs right in and drive on one wheel and he's like yeah technically if you're willing to do it you can so i was like okay that's the plan so i rang every every um breakdown place and once you start telling them it's a 24 foot truck in cork yeah. uh, american truck with and it's a particular wheel it's a 12 stud rim they're kind of like ah no we're actually closed yeah <laughs> we're, even we're, if yeah, they were open they're tonight. now closed yeah, yeah we're not <laughs> so we we tried for three hours one or two of them said they would come and never turned up oh no it's now three in the morning and i'm like look oh. we gotta like what time was the event uh the event was the next morning the next day probably the next afternoon oh, okay. so it's three in the okay. morning and i'm like look we basically had to make a call. So we, we called a taxi. We took all the food out of our fridges and started loading up this taxi. And the, I could see the, the the taxi dropping down with the weight we were putting into it. Like I didn't even tell him really what was in all the, the containers and the buckets and stuff. But it was like putting a load of people into the boot of his car. And, oh, uh, God. I can only imagine what that taxi driver is thinking in that yeah, moment yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Like, what is this guy got? 
So we drive to uh, down to Ballymaloo and they I had rang ahead. One of the guys is really sound there and they had fridges like ready mm. for us. So we put everything into fridges. I went down, I got about four hours sleep and I got up the next morning and I managed to convince a guy to cut the wheel off with an angle grinder. Oh, Jesus. And so we cut it off. I've got a great picture of it somewhere. Oh, we'll and have to share that. Yeah. So you must share with me, please. And then... I put, he pushed up the wheel on, on one side and then I'm like, you know, I gave him an extra couple of quid and I'm like, look, will you drive behind me till I get to, to our location? So I drove all the way with one wheel on one side. Thank and um, yeah, we managed to, I mean, we, we, you know, as usual, then we turned up, we made it all happen. Nobody ever knew, nobody ever kind of knows of like how you just about made it. Oh. And we served everyone, everyone had a great time. That and then porcelain the veneer, there the, it is. Slap sent, on the business my, face. My staff off on a on a train and mm. I had to wait the next morning and get it on a flatbed truck brought to to Dublin and, and then that that story continues but uh because there was wow. no wheels in Europe this size <laughs> so it's uh you know it's an old I don't know if it's ne- nearly 30 years old yeah. now truck with a, a a wheel that's just totally different it's 12 studs so yeah. I had to ring across Europe to try Continents, and get one, so. whole continents <laughs> needed to be contacted but I mean, we must we must give the the truck credit where it's due. It is stunning, and you've just finished up St. Paddy's that That's event right, yeah. with it. Uh, you also, which was very very cool, by the way, were invited by the Mexican embassy to do their Independence Day event. Now I think that's like a really huge flaming recommendation. Yeah. That the Mexican embassy calls on you for your tacos here in sure, Dublin. Sure, yeah. No, that was an, an amazing uh, moment because I think it, one of the biggest challenges mm. for me was trying to take someone else's culture yeah. and, you know, open it and make sure that we paid homage to it and make sure we respected it and it was authentic and the flavors mm. and the recipes and that, you know, in it, there's a lot of Mexican food before um, these days has been very Tex-Mex and very kind of fusion. I really didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be authentic. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a big challenge in setting it all up. And I traveled Mexico extensively, but to be invited by the ambassador to cook oh. for a group of delegates um, and Mexicans on Mexican Independence Day was amazing. It was kind of, yeah, it was a nod that we were going in the right direction. And this time the wheels stayed on the bus they figuratively. <laughs> and... Physically, so that's good. That's good. So we must give that truck credit. Sure. But you've also, you've also cooked for Russell Crowe. That's very. We cool. have. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, in an upcoming movie for his whole, was it his whole cast or? Yeah. So so in that whole kind of founder scenario, I was totally burned out at the time. We had way too many events and mm. festivals on, and it's just the nature of the beast. You just yeah. keep going. But I uh, I had a list in front of me, and I could barely get it done. So I said to myself, look. I'm going to go down to the cafe, get a coffee and then just try and figure this out. And by the time I got there, I had this email and it was requesting us to take part in this event for a high profile actor. So cool. I kind of said, look, you know, there's no way I'm going to take this on. And uh, But I'll ring them and I'll just find out who is it. So I rang them and next thing they're like, look, it's Russell Crowe. And I said, oh, God, OK, I probably can't God. turn this down. So <laughs> it was the next day. Oh and my god. So we had like we had no staff on, we were closed, we were getting ready for another event. So I had to get everything um prepared. We had to get COVID tests, you know, because mm, yeah. movie production is uh very serious about all that stuff. And yeah, yeah but anyway, it was it was this movie was just starting production, so it was Russell Crowe and about fifteen 
cast directors and producers and they were kind yeah. of having a, a meeting in this really nice house up in um, up along the coast in Dublin and yeah it was it was a lot of fun yeah well I mean congratulations on that and you now do all of these kinds of events and you've made it through I feel a lot of those big I don't know if the fires ever really go out. No. In terms of no. not really. <laughs> you just, your, your fire the founder fires bigger, yeah. keep, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the the small niggles, like you said, don't bother you as much. Exactly. And you, you keep moving. Yeah. You know, you, you keep moving. I think moving. you learn and you grow with the, with the experience and those small day-to-day yeah. things that kind of affect most people just don't bother you as much. And you kind of, you become more resilient. You're able to handle things a lot better. Okay, so what would you say from those, the initial truck niggles, I know you told me before when we were off mark that that cork one in particular was the hardest moment, the, the so far the one that's blown your mind. What did you learn from that that really stuck with you? I think you just learn to be resilient and resourceful and, and mm. you know, really solution orientated and just kind of sit back and try and think of, okay, you know, how can I get this done? How can I fix this? Mm. Or how can I save this? Or how can we get there tomorrow? Whatever it is, rather than focusing on, I tend to focus only about 20% of my time on the problem and then mm. the other 80% on the solution. So I think sometimes people can just look at the problem too much and then it, it becomes too big in our head yeah. and we can't, we're clouded by that. So it's, it's really to just figure out, okay, how can I fix this? How can I change this? What can we do instead? Um, you know, sometimes it, it might be coming up with a whole new method of cooking or a mm. whole new truck or something like that for, for the event. Um, so it's just kind of thinking on your feet and yeah, just looking forward. That's so awesome. But I mean, you're still you're still in the process of founding. You founded in 2021, if I'm right. Yeah, that's yeah? correct. June yeah. of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So you're still very much still in the process of founding. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're still requiring needing help with a question you struggle with yourself as a founder sure yeah i mean one of our biggest challenges and probably the biggest challenge with any food truck in ireland is consistency it's Mm. it's very weather dependent here so kind of winter is quite dead and then it's all go Mm. in the summer so i suppose one area i'm still focusing on is kind of scaling um taking an operation that's very much dependent on you being there and systemizing that and scaling it to allow you to come out and run the business. So, you know, right. I suppose everything I do is, is dependent on me being there. It's dependent on me driving the truck, me, me yes. doing everything. But, you know, you can't, you can't scale and you can't increase the business when you're in that. So I suppose that it's, it's trying to pull you out of the business and systemize it. All right. Well, I mean, listen, I don't honestly, as it stands right now, have an answer to help you, Scott. (laughs) I don't. That's just the unfortunate truth of it. But hopefully next week we can have someone on here who can potentially help you figure it out. I'm going to put all of my efforts into finding you someone who can help you with this problem. Maybe a couple of solutions, a couple of answers, a couple of options. Sure. At least. So if you tune in next week, we'll be talking about scaling particularly for food trucks, but scaling in general, how to scale up a business from point A, we've begun, to point B, we need to make an ass ton of profits. We need to make it a situation where we're hiring people, where we're keeping it flowing, and we're going to try and do that next week with you in mind. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Found It, a production of Factory 44, Ireland's on-demand creative studio based in the heart of Dublin. Found It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you stream your podcasts. 
If you like the show, please take a second to subscribe for more episodes and join the conversation on our socials at Factory 44 Studio. If you're looking to record a podcast or are interested in becoming a member of Factory 44, book a call on our website at www.factory44.io.